Every magic trick consists of three parts or acts. The first part is called the pledge. The magician shows you something ordinary, a deck of cards, a bird, or a man. He shows you this object. Perhaps he asks you to inspect it. To see that it is indeed real. isn't. The second act is called the turn. The magician takes the ordinary something and makes it do something extraordinary. Now, you're looking for the secret, but you won't find it. Because of course, you're not really looking. You don't really want to know. You want to be fooled. But you wouldn't clap yet. Because making something disappear isn't enough. You have to bring it back. That's why every magic trick has a third act. The hardest part. The part we call the prestige. You got me started. You're nothing on earth can stop it. It's crazy. I'm falling. Welcome to Question Block. Welcome to Question Block. This week's theme is magic. Magic. Uh, I am uh, Alex, one of your hosts, also known as the Prince of Wires. That would be my magician stage name. <laughs> I am Aerialist, known as the Great Aerialist. Aerialini. Ari- 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 Just the Great Aerialini. <laughs> yeah, you could do the hanging escapes. So yes. You'd be great at the upside down escapes or high wire acts and balancing. You'd be good at the high wire acts. I would. I would be more of a Tesla figure. I would be doing. <laughs> oh, there's a magician watching. Oh, Look hey. We're talking about magic. We're talking about magic. <laughs> Pussy is a magic. That's a great hashtag. Yes. Yeah. So we are not magicians, though. We're not. So if um, any real magicians. If any real magicians want to go on, we'd love to interview you. Yes. Or we're going to spout off a bunch of prepared facts and stories that we have learned in our research this week about the history of magic. Mm-hmm. Indeed. <laughs> you can also just tell us about your favorite magic trick, what type mm-hmm. of magic you like. Uh, is mentalism magic or is it a different school? There are many schools of thought on this. Is it mental? <laughs> yeah. Um, and about even the, the use of the word magic. Teach you. Teach me. Well... Let's talk. Let's start with the history of magic. Yeah, I guess. we'll so, kick it off with a little history, and then we'll, then we'll take some. Yeah, minutes. we're gonna kind of go back and forth. Where um, did the word magic come from? Probably the magi. Or is it magi or magoi? Magoi. It's spelled M A G O I. It's Jewish. The magoi. The magoi. So that was what five hundred. Yeah, I think so. I also I actually did research in abracadabra. That, uh, Where does that come from? It's some like ancient numerology thing where like all the 
the like letters that are assigned, like the letters that are assigned numbers in the word, um, they like equal 365. And uh, you're supposed to just keep repeating it and taking out like vowels. So some people would wear these triangles that would say abracadabra and was like reduced down the triangle oh. um, to like to, to drain out like sicknesses. Okay. Wow. So yeah. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Um, so let's see. Do you want to start with I'll our timeline? We're going to, we're going to do a little brief do a little history time of traveling. magic. Magic is old as hell. You don't realize this. <laughs> Maybe older um, than hell. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, I guess, yeah, before the Christian conception of hell. Yeah, so what is it? There's a papyrus they found. Uh, it's now in Berlin called the Westcar Papyrus from dated to 1700 BCE, and that shows conjuring tricks. So even 1700 BCE, well after the pyramids were built, as we've learned in previous episodes. But uh, yeah, during like the second Egyptian dynasty, they were like, they had people coming and like entertaining them doing slate of hand. Yeah. Um, there was a magi magician around that time named um, uh, uh, Dino, I think. D really? Dino? I Dino was the Dino? first street magician. Dino? Um, and uh, he he took a... It's a magician right now named Dynamo. Dynamo. I think it's But there's Dino. a Dino. Okay. Uh, he, he took a goose and he like decapitated it and then he got it to like put its own head back on for... Um, Khufu, I think. Okay. And, nice. uh, and the king wrote about this in his diary. Yeah, he was really like, quick. OMG. Nice. <laughs> These pyramids are crazy also. <laughs> uh, in Rome, there is a whole, uh, this is now now fast forwarding 1700 years. Uh, there's records like in Rome and like writings of Romans and like graffiti that has survived uh, of Romans doing cup and ball tricks. So like the classic like street, like, where is it, governor? Follow the oh, ball. Follow the ball. Is it over yeah, here? It's over here. It's here. Yeah, they were called the Acida Bulari. That's and awesome. So they formed a whole group. Like, yeah, they would use stones and small vinegar cups. Uh, so the Acida Bulari were like a whole group of magicians that were just like, they're like cup and ball. That's where it's at. Um, yeah, so they were, I'm sure they were doing like, like grifting on the street and getting people to bet on it and stuff back then. Yeah. They're like, I'll, I'll bet you, I'll bet you three stones that you can't guess where these stones. It's just yeah. everything was rocks back then. Everything was rocks. Yeah, you would bet with rocks. Oh, you want this? These notes? Yeah. Yeah. So then, I mean, as you can imagine, in the Dark Ages, they killed a lot of people for witchcraft. Uh, so not a lot of magic like evolved during that time. Yeah. There is a very funny story in the. It's the late 1500s. Is this guy in there? Yeah, Reginald Scott. Uh, so this guy, Reginald Scott, published a book called The Discovery of Witchcraft. This is discovery with an, with an I-E at the end. Yeah. That's how you know it's old. So he, <laughs> he was trying to, to get people to stop burning witches, persecutionists, they were called. He was like, stop burning witches, stop killing people for witchcraft. Here's how you do all these tricks. They're just doing like basic like sleight of hand conjuring. So he was like one of the original like magicians who spoil it. Uh, yeah. So, so yeah, Reginald Scott published this book. Uh, to, and to explain like the tricks and that that these people weren't doing black magic or, or cult, uh, and then apparently this is like historians aren't sure anymore, but they're like, why the hell belief is that when King James took the throne in 1601, he had all copies of the book burned, um, I except think, for one, 
<laughs> I mean, he was Anglican, but it's not clear why he did that. Um, it, because a lot of people were like, "He was like, we gotta burn these witches." I don't want this guy explaining <laughs> that it's not they're no, not doing anything. It bad. was actually because um, people were reading the book, and they <laughs> King James is like, "I don't want anyone to read anything but my damn Bible." Oh, okay. um, that nice. it, I mean, <laughs> r- right? Um, people were reading it though, and they were like, "Oh, actually, like we just want to do these." these tricks because it seems kind of fun yeah um okay so then we'll fast forward a bit i'll hand it over to you as we transition then from as we get into 17 1800s we transition from people were still doing magic but it was like in fairs or whatever and like small county stuff and then in the late 1700s 1800s where it gets interesting because you have magicians who have their own theaters elizabeth was king then james was queen so joseph panetti he um he was a science teacher and he would do all these really cool science displays. Um, when was this? This was 1750. Mm. Um, and he yeah, so he would do all these like really cool real like science experiment um, and demonstrations. Volcano with baking soda. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, and people were like holy shit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so he would do all of that, but then he really liked the attention and, and the awe that people would have. So he would present some of them as magic, um, and then he would also perform other sort of tricks and, like, illusions um, and, you know, sleight of hands. Uh, and he he was the first person, I believe, to, like, dress up proper with like a, a suit because he was you know he was a professor so he um is he the it's somewhere in here the quintessential like magician look with like dark wavy hair and the top hat and the suit yes i think that is him and also uh jean jacques houdin <laughs> it's, oh, it's credited like to classic. both of them uh, uh but but panetti was the first real person to like take magic off of the streets and into first into like lecture and halls into the parlor into the parlor into like lecture halls and like um good a good point raised by spikes on white yeah he just wanted to point out that james was known for his feminine king countenance. james, right. king james is yeah. known for his feminine countenance uh going back to the the previous king james uh burning all the witch anti-witchcraft books uh and was possibly homosexual and so mm-hmm. Homosexuals were considered witches, so maybe he didn't Robert. want people to find out. So yes, Robert Houdin. Uh, oh, Robert Houdin is his hyphenated last name. We'll get to Jean that. Jean Eugene Robert Houdin because <laughs> he was French. Um, he's the one to, that's considered like the uh, the founder of the fancy magician clothes. <laughs> um, but yeah, Panetti, I, I don't know. I think Panetti's cool because he was just like so flamboyant and such a such a showman. He also he didn't use uh, ever audience like plants uh, except for one time when someone was trying to like besmirch his good his good name. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he had a drunk d- kind of dress up as this guy who was like you know hating on him. And uh, and had the drunk like interrupt him, and then he was like, "Oh, here, like I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Like here's some money. Like, oh, look, poor guy. He's hard on his luck." And he kind of like had that guy escorted out, and everyone thought it was the guy who was trying to 
to like. So he brought a double to the show to discredit someone who wanted to expose him. A, a, and he said that the double was the guy who was trying to expose him, basically. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. So that was the only time he really used an audience plant. He also he was uh, he was outdone, or he was kind of like run into oblivion by uh, there was a, a guy who was trying to steal some of his tricks. So he wanted to get revenge on him. So he started mentoring that guy, um, and he set him up to like make a fool of himself in front of an, an, a king of Spain, I think. Um, and so this guy, to get back at Panetti, he uh, would start going to all of the, the places that Panetti had engagements. Um, what, was, what was his name, his rival? I forget his rival's name. Okay. Um, yeah, he would... Well, Panetti's the one we remember now. Right, so. exactly. <laughs> so, but the the rival would go to all these, like, towns that Panetti had appointments or, like, you know, bookings at, and he would get there first, and then the town would be, like, all magicked out, uh, and Panetti kind of, he was like, meh, I think I'm done. <laughs> um, so Panetti retired? He retired, yeah. Mm. Let's see, and then... Oh, yeah, then you should talk about... Yeah, you said Robert Houdin, born 1805. Um, yeah, presented his his soiree fantastique. So he was like... In 1845. He was kind of the uh, the Studio 54 of, of Magic. So in 1845 is when... Yeah, and then at the same time in London, who was it? <clears throat> John Henry Anderson, the great wizard of the North, uh, at the same time <laughs> in London, like, was doing like large theater... Like magic shows that were just like a regular attraction for people to go to. Yeah. And then shortly thereafter, the what is the greatest female magician uh, was born? Yeah, in London. 1853, Adelaide Herman. Um, Adelaide was actually a, a performer, like a circus performer. Mm. Um, and she she married a great magician. Um, who died. And so she, and he was like, he had gotten very into debt, which she didn't know. Um, so when he died, she was like, oh, okay, I got to like pick up where he left off like right away. Um, she just took over his act. Yeah. Well, she took over his, his act, um, with his, I think like one of his cousins. Uh, and then the cousin was kind of being weird and like not uh he hadn't he hadn't watched like their shows together so he was kind of dry and you know he mm. wasn't like comical or like witty uh so Adelaide just took it over took the whole show over she had an act where she it, it was kind of like a Noah's Ark act where she would make all these animals um appear out of a, a giant crate and uh she would actually store this crate and all of her all of her animals and props on Forty Sixth Street on the West Side. Oh, she was in New York. That's where she her like storage was. <laughs> okay, but she did travel. Um, and there was a, a huge fire that like killed all of her animals and like burned the crate. And at at one point, um, also she was like fifty or like. Yeah, she was like fifty or forty or fifty when this when this started, when her her career really like started. So after the fire, a lot of her friends were like, "You have to quit! Like this is crazy. You know, you can't like build yourself back up again." 
Um, and she was like, no, I will. And she did. Uh, and a lot of like magicians uh, helped, like they, they like gave her some money and they helped her out. So, okay. yeah. Nice. Yeah, one of one of Houdin, Robert Houdin, or Robert Houdin. Robert. Uh, one of his one of his cool tricks. Uh, not that I've seen his act because this was before you could record stuff on film. Uh, but one of them, uh, he liked using also. I guess all, all magicians do use like science and technology as part of your like. Not all uh, magicians. <laughs> they do. There's there magicians are on the forefront of technology. I guess for math part. for card stuff. There's magicians who do crazy stuff with phones now. They like make your your like smartphone do stuff because I think they what? know the programming codes or something. I don't actually know how this works, but it's cool. Uh, so who Robert Houdin had this trick where it was called a light box heavy box, and he would just bring out like a one foot box, and it had a big coil inside it, like a, an electromagnet. And this is before electromagnets were around, not that they are. Uh, and then, you know, there was a base plate that was like they could run a current through to make it magnetic. So he would have a small child come up and pick up the box. And then he would pick like the biggest guy in the audience and be like, come, come lift up this, this like, surely you can lift the box. <laughs> and they would turn on the magnet and the like strong guy couldn't pick up the box. Oh, yeah. It was like a, yeah. And then he would like, you know, he would come and just pick it up and like toss it around. And be like, oh, I guess it's too heavy <laughs> for you. And like, yeah. That's great. But this is when like, Magnets, how do they work? Nobody knew back then or, or what they were. Magnets, what so, What if? Yeah, or as we, we saw in the film The Prestige, <laughs> oh, still nobody knows how electricity works. Oh, so. we'll talk about The Prestige. That was like a, yeah, that was a real, 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 ooh. I'm like, I have mm-hmm. part of your your cape. Um. Okay, so we're we're into the late 1800s now, so we might as well talk about the birth of Harry Houdini, aka King of Cards, King of Handcuffs. Yeah. <laughs> aka Eric Eric Weiss. Eric, yes, Eric, Eric Weiss. Uh, yeah. So he's born in Budapest. Uh, he's Hungarian, and then at age four, his family moved to Wisconsin, which is what his birth certificate says, because you could just change that that shit if you wanted. Well, his, oh, it says he was born in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah. Yeah, so he was an Eric Weiss. His dad was a rabbi. Um, and then uh, when I was a dentist would say that. What did the dentist say to, to Anne in the comments? Oh, to Anne in the commenter Anne. A dentist once told her, I don't know how electricity works. Oh. Which, why would they? They're a dentist. Yeah, it's not, it's not like a yeah. little shop of horrors. But, uh, yeah, so uh, Harry Houdini, uh, yeah, as we... Eric Weiss, growing up in Milwaukee, his dad somehow lost his job as a rabbi. The, pam- the family was super poor. They moved to New York City. Uh, and then Houdini, like, even as of, like, he was, he was, like, a really skilled, like, a talented runner. At age nine, he was doing trapeze acts. Uh, and then at age 13, he, like, basically got an apprenticeship. He did bill himself as the king of cards. He, like, wasn't that successful at first. He's great at locks. Yeah, so really good at locks most magicians agree that, kid. that he actually didn't have the finesse to be great at sleight of hand or cards. He was, like, competent as a card magician. But uh, he got his big break when he was, like, in his, in his early 20s. Uh, yeah, he got his big break. Some, some manager for, like, the vaudeville circuit saw him do a handcuff escape and was like, do that. Do more escapes. Yeah. I think they, he said that he would pay him to not do any other acts and like to develop. <laughs> to He's develop like, look, if you can stretch this yeah. this out. Um, Houdini, as as you probably guessed, because we were talking about Robert Houdin, 
uh, Houdini named himself after Robert Houdin uh, because he thought in French putting E at the end meant I. like I, well, Houdini. Oh, oh, E. Or putting an I. The sound of E or, the or of the letter I. Like Houdin, uh, which it doesn't. I think it means the small Houdin, which, which is also he, fitting because Houdini, he was small. He was five, yeah. six. Um, um, a kind of like a burly five, six guy. Uh, and so, yeah, interesting factoid is that later in life, he had a falling out with the widow of Robert Houdin, or maybe it was his like niece or whatever, who denied him permission to visit Houdin's grave. Oh, true. And then he visited the grave anyway. And then wrote an entire book trying to debunk Houdin, his former childhood idol, later in life, just out of spite. Very spiteful guy. Where'd you, where okay. are you going? I have, a, I have more notes on You're getting me. some stage magic? We yeah. have a, a request from Dubin Magic. Oh, yes. Okay. Awesome. Should I accept? Yes. What are you doing over there? I have, I have like, some notes. Let's go live. Hello. Yo. Hello. How are you? Hey. How's it going? Weird, man. It's weird. Yeah. So you are a real magician, <laughs> and we've uh, we've seen you perform. Um, that's amazing. Yeah, I've seen you perform. We've performed together. We've performed together. That's true. We've done we've done each other's curtain. <laughs> <laughs> so the reason that I'm calling in is it's so ridiculous, but. You guys keep calling him Ro Ro Robert Houdin. Yeah. And it's Robert Houdin. Robert Houdin. French. Yeah. Yes. As. Yes. I don't know why it's driving me so crazy. Yeah. No. No. It's good. It's good that you. Yeah. Educate us. Um. Yeah. Ro Robert Jean, Jean Robert Houdin or Houdin. Robert Houdin. Houdin. I mean, that's the okay. way I've always heard. Well, that's that's how we're gonna say it. We'll fix it in post production. We'll we'll <laughs> fix it in post through magic. Um, it's, it's funny because when magicians talk about magic, it's like it's like different. <clears throat> they it's like um, they argue more, I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> how so? Like, what do they argue about? Not really, but they're but they're like like you were talking about is mentalism magic? Is magic mentalism? There's there's a whole thing about that, you know? Or like me saying, it's Ro actually, it's Robert Houdin. It's like, who really gives a shit, but... I mean, you know, he, he probably does from his, you know, if we were to contact <laughs> from him from the grave. <laughs> um, do you have any, any magic stuff what? that you want to tell us? <laughs> or what have you been up to? I mean, have, yeah. you, been, have you been performing online shows and stuff? Zoom magic shows. <laughs> did you have to change up your? Did you have to change up What's your act that? a lot? I mean, some I'm doing some things that are just straight up that I could that are just straight from you know from real life. But I'm definitely doing um, doing more like mentalism stuff and things. Doing I'm doing I'm doing different stuff and I'm kind of like. When I first started doing it, my thought was, I want to be able to, I don't want to do 
all of the same things that they I might do if they hire me in person. Mm-hmm. Um, but now, like, I don't know if that's going to happen anytime soon anyway, you know? Yeah. Well, I think, I think it's great to develop a whole, a whole nother like skill set, you know, sometimes you got to be put in a box, so to speak, to get, uh, to get more creative. This is what my living room looks like now. I'll show you. Oh, wow. You have like a whole, a whole studio there. That's a studio. That's so cool. Yeah, I have lights. That's awesome. I have, I put my computer here and the camera, and it's like, that's, you know, it's like a whole thing now. Yeah, that's oh, and you got you got some chains. I saw a chain. I saw a ventriloquist dummy. What? Yeah, I saw. We just saw a chain. You, a chain? Yeah, there. When you when you panned away, there was like a little end of oh, and and the the dummy. Yeah, there was like a the end of a chain. I was like, ooh. Um. <laughs> that's for personal. Yeah. <laughs> No, I don't. I don't see a chain. I don't know what. That's also magic. You made it. You it's made magic. it disappear. <laughs> no, that's magic. Oh, oh, it's my door. Oh, there you go. <laughs> oh, the chained door. The chained door. The escape. It's the escape <laughs> it's act. Escape act. Yeah. So why are you guys doing the history of magic? Just, for, just because you love magic, or just because you're like we you gotta think of something? New? Well, we do. We do this talk show every week, and then we do a two-person aerial rave about the theme and yeah we we were like magic would be a really fun one um so we did a whole bunch of research and here we are (laughs) so now you're gonna do a magic aerial magic act um yeah it's it's a it's a rave with like you know dr wires djs like songs that have to do with magic and um, You're gonna do aerial stuff. Yeah, and we are gonna have uh, Albert Cadabra doing some escapism. Yeah, some some. Es- no, that's this Saturday is gonna be night. on Saturday. Yeah. Uh, okay. Um, we also might have some green screen magic mm-hmm. happening. <laughs> I guess if you call it that, you're kind of giving it away. But Alex might get decapitated. That's all, you know. Oh, with the, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That'll be our magic. We'll do some illusions. By the green screen? During the race. Yeah, ma- yeah. Perhaps. <laughs> if you're lucky. Um, there was yeah. a, I saw a Chris Angel trick revealed and it turned out to be a green screen and I was so mad. Oh yeah, his like, his, yeah. 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 He, he, a lot of people didn't like that guy because of stuff like that. That's what I was saying. I was like, I feel like, because Alex was saying that uh, he's like, no, everyone loves him. And I was like, I feel like magicians don't really like him. It was a mix of his attitude. He was real cocky and full of himself, coupled with like, yeah, his tricks were just like one person videoing him doing a thing that they then edit and post. So it's like yeah. not even. But yeah. The, yeah. How, what are your thoughts? I never liked him because I just didn't like his shtick. But, mm-hmm. but aside from that, his like, Matt, like, you know, like David Blaine was like a real close-up magician who had real chops. Who, if you like met and at a party with a deck of cards, could fuck you up. <laughs> and I never got that vibe from Chris. Chris Angel was more like a stage guy who was doing a stage show on television. You know what I mean? With like a lot of uh, plants and fake audiences. I mean. You know, yeah. it was just not 
not cool. Mind freak. Who's your favorite magician besides yourself? Because <laughs> you're amazing. <laughs> I love me, man. Right. Oh, I mean, I don't know. <clears throat> there's there's a, a bunch that of people that I like that. I think one of my one of my favorites that you guys may or may not know is Matt King. He's like a comedy magician and he's big in Vegas. Um, oh, I think we might have seen some video. We were watching a lot of videos. We were watching a lot of video. We were watching a lot of Penn and Teller fool us. Right. There's all kinds of great guys on there. Yeah. Um, I love I love a guy that just recently passed away. Um, uh, oh shit. Sorry, I'm plugging my phone in my phone. No worries. This guy, Eugene Berger, he was just like a great close-up magician. Um, but, you know, I love I loved Copperfield as a kid growing up. Yes. Yeah, his... Uh, We're going to talk some about, yeah, Copperfield and his, like, large-scale illusions. Yeah. Um, and he was, like, yeah, great at that. So I did this thing last... Two summers ago, they had the History of Magic at the uh, New York his- Historical Society. Mm-hmm. It was like a whole thing. And they had a bunch of Copperfields effects there. You know, you've heard about Copperfields, like private museum that he's got, like the largest collection of private of magic in the world, you know. Oh, we didn't know it was the largest, but yeah, we, we, uh, we read I mean, it. That's what I've heard. He's just, he's, he's, you know, he's got tons of money. Yeah. Yeah. Stuff. So um, a lot of this, a lot of the larger illusions that they had, and they were just like in the lobby of this of this museum. They were. They came from him. So you know, they had a bunch of different magicians throughout the month doing stuff, and and I did a day. You know, the Houdini. There was a Houdini exhibit, and Houdini also did the needle swallow, which I do. So. I kind of was like, yeah, I, you know, I could do the, I could do the needle swallow. Houdini used to do that. There's pictures of Houdini with the needles. Yep. And he had a quote about the cups and balls, which you guys may have come across that they may or may not be real. Have you heard that one? Just tell us, say it. If you, if you, or, or paraphrase. Like, I'm going to paraphrase it. It's like, um, like no magician or a magician should be judged on how well they can perform the cups and balls, you know? Oh, or I like... No magician could call himself a true magician if, you know, if they can't perform the cups and balls. Something like that. Yeah. You, know, he, you said he wasn't really known as as being a very good magician. <laughs> or he was an escapologist, but yeah, not a, yeah. Not a slate of hand he, guy. Yeah. He was, a, he was the fucking king of marketing because, I mean... We're still talking about him. Yeah. And by all accounts, he was not the greatest magician. And his acts were, you know, think about it. He would get on stage, get into a, a, a you know, milk can, and then they'd close the curtains around him, and you'd sit there for 20 minutes. <laughs> yep. Boring by today's standards. But, you know, they, they thought he was in there dying, so that's what people were going <laughs> to watch him die. You know? Well, I, I heard that he did some... Some publicity stunts to like drum up, to drum up excitement over a show. Like some of the, the, yeah, where they would like drop him into a canal inside of something, and he would, he would get, you know, he would have to get out. Um, 
But that was just, and he'd be like, he'd come out and he'd be like, come to my show next week. Like, you know, um, I don't know. Yeah, I, I always try to think about it. Like, I, I wonder about it because I'm like, when you read these accounts, like, oh, he wasn't such a great magician. But, but I mean, obviously people are jealous. Who knows? Mm-hmm. But think about, think about the time, right? It's like the 20s and the 30s. You got no TV. All you hear is shit on the radio. And all he really had was... Um, was the publicity, right? Yeah. So he would go down, he would go to the police station, stick some keys up his ass, escape from the, you know, however yeah. he did it. Escape from the jail, right? Or or hang upside down from a building or, or whatever he would do. And, you know, it would get written about. So you would only have the written account from some hyped up, you know, guy who wrote the article who he, who probably got paid off to make it seem more fantastic than it was. And then you're reading about this shit for a year, and then the guy comes and blows through town, and you may or may not get a chance to see it. Yeah. You know, it's, yeah, it's you like, can't, like, watch it. No, <laughs> you can't. It was so big. It was like, what are you going to, you know, guys that were sawing people in half would hire, like, ambulances to come, and they'd pour pig blood in the street, like, it was all, you know? That's mm. cool. We didn't, yeah, we did not. Which is cool. That's I mean, really not, cool. I'm not disrespectful. I love it, you know? But I don't think, I don't know how, what, like, David Blaine is the modern day, um, is kind of like the modern day Houdini. Very much. He's a great magician. Yeah. But, you know, he does these massive stunts, and it's like, it's largely about the hype, you know? Yeah. Like, He's also, like, trained himself very physically. Like, I, I know that Houdini kept in really good shape um, and, like, practiced, you know, well, holding his breath and everything. And Houdini then, could hold his breath over three minutes yeah. during escapes. But oh, he was a strong Jew. Yep, a, exactly. Yeah, strong, strong, stout Jew. Uh, but, yeah, D- David Blaine did, with oxygen assistance, did 17 minutes holding his breath. But but yeah, there's there's and, uh, similarities the in the the endurance stuff David Blaine does, and then the yeah teaching yourself to swallow frogs and hold them in, in your esophagus, uh, which David Blaine did in the last couple of years is pretty great. And all the you know it's funny like you know you see all these guys like at the slipper room, like someone like um, Jelly Boy or like these sideshow people yeah. that can stick needles through their arms. Yeah. But but it's it's David Blaine looks like a nice he's like yeah know, he's like a, he just looks like a dude just like his a, presentation is different so it, it like it, it lands differently you know? yeah which we'll we'll talk about yeah we'll go more in depth on his bio because he's born in Brooklyn too yeah um, yeah but he's such a chill yeah. dude oh shout out Young Chichi on on Twitch somebody gave us a nice tip which was cool so I guess they're enjoying the. The conversation. Oh yeah, yeah. This is also oh, it's going. On Twitch. It's on Twitch, and it's going to be a pod. It's a podcast as well. So <laughs> through the magic of uh, stream li- or uh, OBS, I yeah. guess, and uh, editing. <laughs> but yeah. Oh yeah. Oh, so you're putting this out to Twitch and Instagram Live and iTunes. Yeah, and then we put the. <laughs> it'll be on iTunes and Spotify on the podcast. Yeah. 
Yeah. We should probably schedule guests. <laughs> people call I like it. It's, it's like it's the only better, Instagram. Right. It's yeah. like the only Instagram recorded podcast, Twitch. Yeah. Who does Instagram. an improv podcast? Yeah. So there you go. Um, you guys have kept up the live thing all the way through. I was doing the live show uh, in the beginning um, of, of the pandemic. And then once George Floyd happened, I stopped. Yeah. <laughs> And I never, I never started back up. Um, yeah, a lot of people did because it, it's kind of like it made them, I think, feel that their whatever thing they were doing maybe was like taking up space or put it in perspective for them, and they wanted to like make room for a while and I don't know for like doing shows or whatnot, and then didn't get back in the groove. Yeah, but we, we felt that art is never, art is never like a. I mean, it can be a bad, like there can be bad art, but we were like, we're just trying to, you know, make some people smile and like, we're not like, Ooh, look at me. You know, we're just like, it's here. If you need it, don't look at it. If you don't want to, you know, that's great. I think it's great. I just, I never, I just never found my mojo again for doing, doing it. Like I felt the need to do it in the beginning. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Because there was nothing else going on, you know? Oh, yeah. We do it to entertain ourselves mostly. Yeah. (laughs) And to just sort of like have a fun, you know, we're going to we're going to wear costumes twice a week (laughs) and uh, and, you know, force us to like come up with new information and learn some stuff. Yeah. We're learning about magic right now, which is cool. I mean, these are often topics. I don't want to mess up your flow, so I'll let you guys back. Well, do you have any uh, do you have any final magic Things that you would like to leave us with? Is there anything you want to plug? Yeah, plugs. Aphrodite. Uh, mm. I, I don't have any public shows coming up, although I've been thinking about doing doing that. Uh, so, no, I got nothing to plug. Um, well, you can put. Card trick? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah? Yeah. You have a deck of cards. You got a deck of cards, right? Oh, God. We we do. We, yeah. we do have a deck of cards. <laughs> Dr. Wires, <laughs> do you want to help me pick? I'll we, pick them up We just quick. money gunned. We money gunned the cards everywhere. <laughs> Let me grab them. Uh, so Dr. Wires is going to pick them up. I'll try. I don't know if this will work. We'll try. We'll really, we'll really focus real hard. Um I'm up but if you there. if you want to throw your uh like your website or stuff in the in the comments, we'll uh, we'll put it in the show notes. If oh. anyone has any virtual happy hours or anything, yeah, we get a lot of corporate. corporate yeah, <laughs> no, we we've, yeah. we've we've done a couple of like corporate yeah, corporate uh, happy hour performances. So you yeah, can. I've been doing a lot of them. It's, it's been a lifesaver. Um, and people are still doing them, but my website's Dubin Magic. It's all the same as mine. It's all Dubin Magic. Okay. We'll put it. in the TikTok, too. <gasps> oh, my gosh. We don't even have a TikTok. I, I'm worried because I'm like, if I started a TikTok, I'd never, I'd never, I'd never get out of there. <laughs> I'd be, I'm like, I'd, I'd get real sucked in. Yeah. Thanks for, help, for helping me pick these up. These uh, cards. So yeah, uh, in the beginning, I wanted to see if uh, a money gun would would shoot out cards, and it does, um, but it doesn't pick them back up. So that's yeah. But we got them now. We have our deck. There's a couple more by your feet. I think if I bend over, 
Oh, you can keep your. Uh, <laughs> if I bend over, it's going to be a disappearing. My own little magic act. <laughs> okay, we got our deck. Yeah, count them. Like, yeah. yeah. One landed at Ant's apartment. Nice. Uh, I was going to say when you guys were talking about Harry Houdini, uh, he would. When he visited towns, he would he would often perform an, an escape upside down in a straitjacket, hanging from the roof of the local newspaper like office. That's so cool. So like that's how you get written about is like go right to where the reporters are, like create a spectacle by hanging. He was hanging like the original the Spider Man. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, him and his wife would also go to, they would sort of, I guess, disguise themselves by not just. Disguising, like, by just, like, dressing in plain oh, clothes. To break up the seances. Well, no, they would go to, like, uh, they would go pick up some gossip in the very beginning mm. before he was, like, super when against. He did, when he did, like, mentalism stuff. Or before whatever. he was, like, a, really against mm. that. Um, they would go pick up gossip, and then, you know, when the people would come to their shows, they would they would do some some mental some mental tricks on them. <laughs> The mental magic. All right. Mental. It's um, mental. Okay, we all got. Right. All right, forget the cards. I'm going to try oh, something. Else. Okay, okay. You Just, needed to pick those cards up anyway. We did. The there we go. Magic. Don't put them back in the gun. <laughs> since, you, since you guys are talking about um, mentalism and mental magic, um, I'll, do, I'll, I'll do that. So, okay. so, I am a magician. Right. Well, I always feel weird about saying even that. I I always say that I am a um, I'm a I'm a performer who does magic. Uh, although now I'm not as uncomfortable with it. But when I when I if I do any kind of mentalism, I have to call it mental magic. Otherwise, the mentalists get mad at me. Okay. Because they they like to ride the like a lot of mentalists like to ride the line of like well. It could they go. They go they mental do. on you. They do love the, yeah, the ambiguity. <laughs> they said they go. I'm, they go I'm mental. Telling you now, yeah, they go mental. I cannot read your minds. Okay? okay. I'm just saying right now. But what I can do. Is we were thinking that though. <laughs> okay. Sorry. Okay. <laughs> I had to. I'm sorry. You're gonna ask if I can make your boyfriend disappear next. Come on. <laughs> What are we doing over here? Okay. Uh, shh, shh. Okay. <laughs> no, you can do it. You can, I, I see. I'm, I see you under your breath going. Yes, I'm going. Okay. But what? So, so what? What I can do is influence you subtly or not so subtly to say and do things okay. that you may or may not have otherwise done. All that said, I have this piece of paper. I'm going to put it in the card box. Okay. In the beginning of this. And I'm going to put that right in my pocket so I can't get to it, right? Okay. Remember before we start, okay? So here's what I want. Like, So if I could read your mind, I might tell you to think of a word. Think of a word. I'm going to have you say it in a second, right? A, 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 an easy word, right? Something short. But I don't know if it's, I don't know if you're thinking of a thing, a place, a person. I don't know if it's something you're looking at, right? Could be anything. By the way, if you're thinking of something, change your mind right now. Just change your mind. Got it? Mm-hmm. Who's who am I working with? Oh yeah, which which mind? Oh, you let's, wanna... let's do you. Okay. Since you're okay. Got yeah. it. 
Okay, on the count of three, we'll say the words together and see if I can say, say the word you're thinking of. Ready? Mm-hmm. One, two, three. Wait. <laughs> Wait, like Wait. stop. Wave. A wave, yeah. Well, that makes sense. Balloon and wave, they're kind of similar. No, they're not. They- but, but maybe me saying balloon influenced you to say wave. We'll never know. But True. anyway, I'm better with cards than with cards, right? <laughs> so I'm going to try to, I'm going to try to think of, I'm going to try to figure out what card you're going to stop. Okay. Okay? Oh. Okay. So write it down. Hold on. Don't tell me. Okay. Let me see. Look oh. At, yeah. You want. So now, the good, the good thing about, the good thing about cards is that when I try to think of a card, I always get at least one word right. Okay. So should I, I should pick a card? Uh, no, no, no. Okay. I'm writing down, I'm writing one down. Okay. okay. We're going to do it differently then. Okay. Okay. So I have it right here. Got okay. It? I'm going to put this right here so that I can't switch it out or anything. Okay. And then I have my deck of cards here, okay? I'm going to shuffle them. Normally I give them to you to shuffle, but obviously I can't do that. You're there on. Right. I trust you. So I'll shuffle. And then, do you want to? Do you want me to cut the cards or anything? Like you can direct me. Um. Yeah. Cut. Give it a couple. Yeah. Cut the cut the deck. Um. How many? How many? Yeah. How many times? How many times? Uh, twice. Okay. One, two. Okay. Good. Yeah. You want me to shuffle anymore? Um. Or we're good. That, we're good. That looks good. Okay, great. So here's what I'm going to do. This is the way I've, I've found that this is the best way to, to have someone pick a card. Other, other besides having you reach out and touch, which you can't do. Right. So I'm going to ripple down like this, and then you'll tell me when to stop. Okay. Right? And then you'll, and, and I'll go slowish because, because of the delay with, with Instagram, okay? Okay. You ready? Yep. Stop. Right there. Yep. You want me to keep going or go up a couple, whatever you, whatever you say. Um, right there is good. Right there. Okay, great. So you stop me right here. And by the way, the whole deck is, is all different cards, you know. Okay. Yes. Card. You stop me at the three of diamonds. Of diamonds. Okay. Mm-hmm. What did he write on the paper? Oh my goodness. <gasps> oh, what? The three of diamonds. That was awesome. Oh, my God. Are you going to shoot well, them? Yeah, I want to shoot the, the card. <laughs> Look, here's the thing, though. I want you to remember, I, I showed you guys this box has been in my pocket the whole time since we started. Remember? Yes. And remember, before we started and did anything, I put a piece of paper in the box. Yes. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, there it is. I remember that. Remember? Yeah. I don't know if you can see it. Yeah, yeah I, nice we can see it. see it. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'm going to do this. I want you to see what I, I wrote. Would you be impressed if your word was written on this piece of paper? Oh, my goodness. Yes, I would. <laughs> ah! <laughs> That's awesome. It says your word. <laughs> it's, it's, a, 
it's a bad magic joke. And I, I like to do it just once. That is... No, this is actually a folded up piece of paper. And written on the inside, I wrote this before I called you guys. What? It says wave, which was my word. Amazing. That's amazing. That was like the three, that was like two and a half magic tricks. <laughs> that was awesome. That's wild. Oh my, God. in one. Yeah. That was crazy. That was like a contortion. Ask Albert if he can do that hanging upside down. Right? <laughs> that was, I don't, yeah. That was really cool. I mean, if you should we should we invite him to the sure. yeah? If you want to come, if you want to come on Saturday and do some do, do some, some magic too, you are more than welcome. Oh, yeah. There there will be music playing the whole time, so it's kind of more like visual stuff and oh, like this is a live thing. It's a it's a live thing, but uh, we've we can oh, we can DM okay. about this because we've it's it's just me and Doctor Wires and. Oh. Yeah, we'll DM about Talk it. Talk about it backstage. Well, yeah, exactly. He's not going to do his upside down. He's going to do some right side up escapes, and then I'm going to do some upside down escapes on the <laughs> chains. Aerial stuff. Yeah. yeah. Um, so back, back in the day when we used to work at uh, Albert, Albert used to uh, run the, the thing at. Um, at um, Ripley's, believe it or not. Yeah. And he he hired me. He's a buddy of mine. And um, when he did the uh, he did the upside down on Houdini escape for Houdini's, I think it was for Houdini's birthday. I was his uh, I was his rigger. Oh, you were his rigger. That's great. Nice. That's awesome. Well, we do have a bunch of like harness harnesses and fun levitational things that we might play with but we'll 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 discuss we'll dm you after the show tonight thank you so much yeah this was thank you this was a, a gift thank you this was amazing um, yeah it was it was fantastic get your, get your fucking pronunciations now right and we, i won't have to bother you anymore okay we will we're french from now well, on it was worth it to summon him <laughs> yeah so. shall yeah I'm sure someone else will call in and say that I'm wrong, so whatever. Yeah, the, don't let the mentalists on here. All right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. We'll see. Let's. What should we? Say? What should we? Let's see. A, should we? Alakazam. Alakazam. Hocus pocus. You guys. Bye, Oh my gosh, that was amazing. That was so cool. Yeah, we're we're gonna put his info in the um, in the show notes, so anyone has virtual yeah. performances. Dubin magic. Yeah, that was so cool. That, that was, was awesome. so cool. I was, I was like, sh I was shook. I know our trick worked. We summoned him. Yeah. By mispronouncing. By mispronouncing. <laughs> that's, that's a great way to. That's a good trick we need to remember. Oh actually, yeah, we just. That, uh, yeah, we can get an expert on any subject to come we just uh, have on to the show if we just slant, mis yeah. mispronounce we, or just give like the wrong facts. <laughs> Yeah, like doing it in a knowledgeable, confident way, just saying the wrong thing. I think there's nothing yeah, there's I'm nothing that pisses sure. off an expert quite like that. Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Um so yeah, to sum up, I guess sum up Houdini. Oh, I got well, a few more factoids. A few more Houdini. Did you know facts? he met his wife his wife Bess, who was his stagehand throughout his life? She also was in a lot of his And was in a lot of his acts. They met Thanks. they met at Coney Island. No way! That's awesome. Yeah, I didn't know that. He had a show with his. He had like six 
uh, siblings, but he had a show with one of his brothers at Coney Island. And uh, Beth showed up, and the brother was into her, but Houdini... Oh, a real Romeo and Juliet yeah, kind of thing. Sort of. <laughs> they really well, no. were rivals. But no, no, because, like, R- Romeo's, like, cousin, cousin was into... Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I'm a yeah. big Shakespeare. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, he, yeah, Houdini, Houdini put a ring on it, though, and so he married Bess. And, and she then, couldn't get it off. No, she couldn't get <laughs> off. She couldn't escape. Um... But yeah, she was she was a stagehand, also like part of a lot of his acts. So there's a there's a a couple times where they're pretty sure Houdini like maybe didn't escape. There was this very like controversial uh, handcuff escape act that I think it was the Telegraph or like some London newspaper had a specially made pair of handcuffs that they put Houdini in. He was in them for like an hour and a half trying to escape, and then <laughs> Bess came on stage and gave him a kiss. Oh, and, and they're they're pretty sure she like snuck him the key. Yeah. When she did it. But uh, no one really knows exactly what happened. But then like 10 minutes after that, uh, Houdini escaped. I'm just laughing because I'm just imagine I'm thinking of the office when like Michael Scott can't get out of the street. I thought about that a lot. <laughs> like we'll he's just about- there. Yeah. We'll talk about that at the end because I did look up how to escape from a straitjacket. We don't have one. <laughs> we'll just talk about well, it. Well, we've already escaped we've that. We're going to get one. Yeah. Um. So, oh, so Houdini, one of his brothers would actually... He was a magician as well. Um, and Houdini yeah. did a, a very intelligent thing where he would like, he would basically, every time he came out with a new trick, he would do it. Then his brother would perform it. And then Houdini would expose, expose her, honey. He would tell the secrets of it. That way the trick like really couldn't be, it was, it's like it had been performed out um and no one else nice. could really copy it. Yeah, Houdini did keep updating his acts because of imitators. So, yeah, like he, right, he started with handcuffs and was the king of handcuffs, and then he moved on from handcuffs to doing these, like, straitjacket escapes and, like, hanging upside-down escapes and, like... Milk then he, jug. Then I he don't... moved to the milk jug, was, like, his standard. He would get into... I guess milk used to come in, like, big-ass canisters. Yeah. Uh, so he'd get in the milk canister. Uh, you guys were talking about... Well, or Dubin was saying that like Houdini was like the king of promotion, and he was one of the first examples of corporate branding and corporate sponsorship. So he would, when he like visited a, a city on the vaudeville circuit, he would team up with local merchants. So like, I forget he was in like Pittsburgh and teamed up with like a brewery, and they put him in one of their beer barrels. That's awesome. Um, That's and so he cool. like escaped from that, and he like, yeah, depending where he went, he would he would team up uh, with like. <laughs> local merchants I've the got, handcuff company they were like he he got out of these <laughs> they <laughs> but what else then uh oh yeah he i was telling you he promoted the new york city subway opening by hanging upside down from a crane that was constructing oh the new york city oh. subway i thought he hung upside yeah, down no. like on the subway i was like yes the original like this was in 1905 <laughs> but while they were building the subway the original showtime was to help promote the subway he hung upside down for a minute did you? By the way, we'll get to it later. But David Blaine did a whole bunch of promotions with Donald Trump back in the day, oh, which is really gag. funny. Back when Trump was just a goofball. Um, Houdini also. Oh I mean, yeah, he still so is, but so right around the same time, there were there was this like rise of spiritualism. People were getting a bit spiritual um, mm. <laughs> because there there were these. Uh, Foxy sisters called the Fox sisters. The post-Victorian era, I guess. The the Fox sisters would um, they would knock on their wall and then they'd like 
crack their toes, um, but people didn't know they were cracking their toes. And they were, people thought that like spirits were knocking back and they were communicating. Mm -hmm. Um, There were lots of Ouija boards. One reason for the rise in spiritualism is because it was like after or like around the war. And a lot of people were desperate to like get in contact with loved ones that had, you know, passed away. Um, Okay, I see that. Yeah. You know, yeah, it just, it, it, Victorians were super goth. So there was like, you know, that in the air. Um, and so there was. He did not like. He did not. Well, this was after his. Occultists and spiritual. After his mother, he was super tight with his mom. Uh, like was all about his mom. <laughs> um, oh, can I tell you one? Yeah. There is a, so Houdini, like he, right, he was born in 74. At like 26, he got to go tour Europe and that's when he like in, hit in a big. In 1874. 1874 was born. And like right around 1900 through 1904, he did this tour of Europe and came home and was like a millionaire basically, or the equivalent uh, at the time of millionaire. So he bought a brownstone in Brooklyn and he bought a, like a, an antique dress that had been worn by a European queen, gave it to his mom mm-hmm. and presented his mother to the rest of their family because they grew up super poor. So he like later said that was like the happiest day of his life. And it's like a very sweet yeah. story. He, I mean, cause she, she like raised, she raised him and, and his brothers. And like when she passed away, he was just devastated. Um, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle, who has come up in a couple of other of these and was just like a real, uh, just like a real dope, I guess. Like a real like. Oh, he came up in the occultism episode. He came up in the fantasy episode because he believed in fairies. And he yeah. like, he was like, these girls with their fairy pictures, they're real. Yeah. People have to believe them. And the girls were like, dude, shut up. For like, the man who wrote Sherlock Holmes, uh, Sir Arthur Conan Doyle. Super gullible. Like, such a rube. <laughs> <was> like, a <laughs> real And he That's thought great. that Houdini was really magic. Like, he was like, no, dude, like, you are You are magic. teleporting out of those boxes. Like, for sure. And yeah. he was always trying to, like, suck him in and, like, he's like, if I could how if I could just you know like it's kind of like someone putting someone else in drag like you want to be like his occult mom Mm -hmm. like get into occultism yeah with your powers of teleportation you could do so many amazing things in the ethereal plane after Houdini's mother passed away Sir Arthur Conan Doyle was like sweet I'm gonna jump on this like get him on this occult train (laughs) get him off the New York City subway and onto my occult train um and uh you know, he, they did a, a seance to contact Houdini's mother. And Houdini was kind of already not really into, like, spiritualism because he felt like it was taking advantage of people because he knew that he was, like, doing tricks and, you know, illusions to conjure these people's loved ones. So he kind of wasn't into it, but he was like, for my mom, if they can do it, like, all right. Um, and Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's wife was acting as, like, the medium you know, the mother was supposed to, like, communicate through her. And I forget the, like, specifically what happened, but it was something to do with, like, she put her hand on the Bible or she quoted the Bible. And Houdini's mother was Jewish, you know, married a rabbi. And he was like, that's not my mom. (laughs) Like, you guys are, you know. 
Yeah, your mom you guys reading are, us his Bible quote. Yeah, he was, he like, was like, no, she's not. Um, yeah, he's like, she's a Hungarian Jew. Yeah, like, get your, like, references correct. Come on. Yeah. Um, so he got, he became really pissed, and his side hobby became, like, uh, show, showing people and proving to people that spiritualism was a hoax. I, that was, like, his little I side do have, thing. A thing that comes out when you read Houdini's biography is that he he was a spiteful man. He was a spiteful, yeah. driven, super hardworking man. And those sounds, are some of... Sounds Jewish to Some me. of the best people, honestly. <laughs> and I'm Jewish, so I can say that. Because <laughs> he, right, he published a book about Robert Houdin, uh, trying to discredit him and claiming he didn't invent a lot of the things that he first showed yeah. off. He was like, he he didn't invent levi- the levitation trick. Like, here's other people did it before. And he, a lot of scholars disagreed with Houdini. But Houdini was... Also, so mad because the guy's widow was mean to him. Also, the Di Vernon yeah. thing, too. What's that? That Di Vernon was, I believe, the only person to, like, fool him. Oh. Um, oh, who fooled Houdini? I think, yeah. Can I have our, oh, can oh, I have oh, our notes? You need your notes. Because you're yeah. looking at me like, like, oh, huh? And I'm like, wait, let me just. This wasn't me, in the. Let me, let me fact check that. I missed that. Um, Am I correct? I do believe that he was the I was, first. You were saying Houdini graduated from what, milk jugs to, then he was big in packing crates, and then he did the Chinese yeah, water Di- torture. Yeah, Di Vernon. Di Vernon, okay. a.k.a. the professor. Oh. Um, so he was, Houdini said that he could figure out any card trick if someone showed it to him twice. Um, and Di Vernon showed him this one card trick like nine times, and Houdini was like, uh, look over there, and he like escaped <laughs> the he did he, he offer uh, like a prize or something? No, no, he was he didn't need he was like oh. he was like I'm not yeah he um there are mentalists who do wait can I offer prizes for people who can like fool them true yeah. which um the 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 Chinese but we can talk about them Chinese magicians yeah we'll get to them yeah um. Yeah, what are you saying? But so so Di Vernon tricked Houdini. Yeah, but Houdini wouldn't admit to it. But then Houdini's wife like wrote to Di Vernon in secret and was like, "Dude, he couldn't sleep all night. Like he he's like really upset that he couldn't get your card trick." That's great. Um, well, so Di Di Vernon, the professor, went on to he founded the was it the Magic Castle. Uh, in Los Angeles, which is like a headquarter of a bunch of magicians. He and, became and like, the like the president, but I don't. Yeah, he was the president of yeah. maybe he didn't found it. He was the president, but helped establish like the I guess it's now probably the leading magician society like in America. Um, another that is another factoid about Houdini. Another cool thing he did is the Society of Allied Magicians. Houdini unionized the magicians uh, in like he did all this. He only lived to like fifty. Um, so he died pretty young. I think he died at 52. But, uh, yeah, as he got a little older when he was in his 40s, he would, while on the vaudeville circuit or touring, he started signing up magicians to join this professional guild uh, of the Society of Allied Magicians to basically get better pay rates, uh, to force venues to, like, take them seriously to help promote each other. Um, and so it, it still exists today. And uh, what is it? It has, it has like, 3,000 members. So, like, yeah. props to... Houdini for helping get the magicians together. Um, um, not, not we, there's a bunch of other magic societies, right? There's a magician's circle in London, yeah. which has twice expelled their president for revealing magical secrets. 
Yeah. Um, yeah, and then there's the the Magic Castle, and then... Which is, okay, I'm yeah. really, it was really hard to do research for this because I was searching Magic Castle, and this Disney kept coming up, and it was, like, super annoying. Mm-hmm. Um, the, apparent, the Magic Castle, you can't, like, go in unless you're invited. It's like vampires, unless you're invited by, like, an acting member. You have to audition, I think, to get in, right? I mean, just to, like, come come see stuff there. You oh. can't, like, co- you know, it's kind of like the comedy store in uh, Los Angeles and California, right? Yeah. And it's, like, it's it's that kind of vibe, but, like, for magic, I guess. You know, like, you get dressed up. It's, like, there's the best of the best, um, and there's magic in every room, and there's different rooms, but you can't, like, go there. Um. It's in Secret Lost Space. Also, Magic Castle. It was baby castles at yeah, one point. but let's not go down that road. We have so much information. Castle. There's a lot of castles out oh, there. Oh, Lord. That'll okay. be a future show. Um, just castles. But, uh, yeah, you can't, like, go there and see the magic unless one of the, like, you know someone who's, like, a member. Members only. There's a, a great episode of Arrested Development. Wait. Where the brother is, is auditioning to join oh, yeah. the Magic yeah, yeah. Castle. It's great. Um, let's see. Should we, go through the, should we go through the whole thing? Should we do, like, little stops along the way? This history. For what? Um, sure. Well, yeah, we've been doing little... Obviously, it's our, we're already an hour in, so we're getting sidetracked. But, yeah. I mean, there's a lot of... Yeah, a lot of, like, the early... You know, the 1920s is Houdini stuff, right? Well, let's, let's just hit... Let's go through the whole thing, and then we'll go back. Okay. All right. So we have um, David Copper... Or we have Houdini's death... When did Houdini die? 1926 on Halloween. Um, he was he died of appendicitis uh, because led, there's like a whole bunch of conspiracy theories. It's the urban legend that he was uh, he had a trick where he would he would like tend to stomach and let us like somebody punch him in the stomach and he could like take it. Also, he was just super strong himself. Uh, but somebody did it when he wasn't ready, and then that led to like some stomach issue that then killed him. And he also had, he, uh, this, this like made me cringe because <laughs> he had just done a chain escape that had like squeezed his stomach, I think mm. the day before. Um, and I'm like, I know I perform on chains. So, like, I know that feeling. I used to get a stomach ache actually every time after oh. I would do this one like move I it could just wrap so tight and then I'd just be like I have a very bad stomach ache but I don't anymore but uh I think it was like after that and uh yeah uh there's also a theory that he was poisoned because at that time his wife had food poisoning Mm. um so there's a theory that he was poisoned uh yeah because I think the Romanovs like wanted him to be their magician, and he was. He said no. <laughs> there's like oh. all these like there's true crime podcasts like a hundred episodes deep on Houdini. About if you the want. death of Houdini. Yes. Okay. It gets some think crazy. He's still alive. Um. So yeah, we have. So that's kind of like the golden age of magic. Um. And then it goes into more of like the the TV age of magic. Yeah, magic transitions. To, as you've just seen on the show, those of you watching live on Instagram or Twitch right now, those of you listening to the podcast, as you've just heard. You're having a golden age of magic experience. <laughs> yeah, but uh, magic magic transitions readily to uh, television and is still like a staple on like late night television shows. 
um, and like TV specials, right? David Blaine got famous through television. Yeah. Um, so we have David Copper, David David Copperfield Feld mm -hmm. Field, born in nineteen fifty six. He was like the bad boy of the eighties, as far as for magic, yeah. right? It's so 1983, he made the Statue of Liberty disappear. Yeah. Great trick. We're going to touch back on all, all this stuff. I just want to get, just oh, shoot okay. out some dates and yeah. then we'll, we'll oh. deep, we'll go back and deep dive. There's probably, yeah, like, like Dubin was saying, there's probably a lot of magicians practicing today who are like, like, you know, professional magicians now who are very influenced by David Copperfield. And then in 10 years, it'll be kids who grew up with like David Blaine. Um, 1963, the Magic Castle is formed by Mitt Larson in Hollywood, USA, <laughs> by converting a 1908 Victorian mansion to a center of magical excellence. Okay, so 1908, Magic Castle is formed. Yeah. Uh, Di Vernon was the resident magician in the uh, later part of his life. That's basically where he went to retire. <laughs> there was He was like the hobby, the, the hobby Burgess at this. Okay. I mean, um, yes, although he was a, I guess, Javi Burgess, great burlesque artist as well. So great circus performer, great juggler, performer. like yeah. world-class juggler, and then chose to, like, chill at the slipper room every Retire night. Retire at the slipper room. Um, so then David Blaine was born in 1973. Mm -hmm. um, in Brooklyn. There's Jeff Sheridan, New York celebrated Central Park street magician, publishes the book Street Magic. So Jeff Sheridan is great because he's, the guy who popularized street magic, which is really funny because as we said at the beginning of the, of the episode, street magic or doing magic, walking around fairs and stuff was where it began. Yeah. And then it became this spectacle done in theaters uh, or on the vaudeville circuit. And then it was brought back to the street. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, you use a handheld camera. I like the name of this book, the yeah. wandering magicians and their conjuring art. So it's got like a nice, Mm -hmm. Feels good in your in your mouth. Um, then in 1997, <laughs> there was a series called, called The Masked Magician, and it like exposed a lot of uh, famous famous series. It exposed Real a lot dumb. of of uh, magic tricks, and then the guy like took. He's like, I will reveal myself. I will reveal myself. And he took his mask off and he was like, it is I, Val Valentino. And people were like, who? <laughs> like, <laughs> they were like, who's this dude? Yeah. Yeah, um, he was ejected from like every professional magic group. Magicians were so mad at him. Yeah, they um, were pretty pissed off. But, yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, they did. I remember when I was a, yeah, a kid like seeing that show and... Uh, they played so many commercials during it because they knew they knew you were going to watch the whole thing, right? So they like <laughs> they'd just be like, "Here's a set where magic will be," and just like commercial, like they're those, like, and then they're like, they're like, and the answer to this trick yeah. after these messages yeah, will be revealed next week. They yeah, constantly. That's the whole like setup for it. So the show was infuriating to watch. So by the time Val Valentino revealed himself, <laughs> I think people were were just. Out for blood at that point anyway. So 1997, David Blaine, uh, this the same year, he has his first television special called David Blaine Street Magic. David Blaine Street Magic and on then ABC. In 1998, the World of Illusion at Madison Square Garden launched the career of Chris Angel, the mind freak. 
the yeah. dark, like sad the, boy. Stephen didn't like. Yeah, that's that's what it is. Chris Angel's sort of he's a sad like, boy. He's like the good Charlotte <laughs> magic. He, yeah, he wears eyeliner, right? He, and he's, yeah. he is such a and contrast to uh, David, mind, David mind Blaine. freak. He's a mind freak. I just love that. I'm. A, I mean, right? Because David Blaine also does aspects of mentalism in his shows, um, but. Chris Angel is, I don't know if it's his, he's over the top or just he seems like a jerk, I think, is why. He, he nags like you also. He That's like you. part of his mind. He it's just, mind he makes you want to like date him by making you feel bad about yourself. <laughs> so. um, all right. So so now that is like our the history That's, thus this far. This is your magic thus far. Um, well, but now we'll go back and talk about like some of the, the like. We can kind of break down too. So. Right, magic as it is today is, uh, as as we saw talking to Dubin, is there, it once again has jumped back into television because it's a great medium for doing corporate events to like share yeah. live. And then a lot of magicians now are, are doing stuff with technology with like, uh, I don't know how, but like reprogramming smartphones uh, to get them to flash certain colors or effectively doing mentalism by having people enter stuff in the notes or on the calculator on their phone, which is pretty cool. I was like, we didn't talk about Penn and Teller. They're not really, like not in here. Why'd you skip them? I don't know. They were they not in our our history that that we printed off of Magic.com? Oh, I mean, they were real big around the same time as uh, David Copperfield. Like, yeah, maybe like ten years before, but like seventies, eighties. Uh, Penn and Teller stayed really relevant though, because they've right, they've kept doing shows. Yeah. Constantly. They're in their 70s now. And uh, I don't know if it's still on, but the show Fool Us Us. is great to see up and coming magicians. So Or like experience. There's some that that were from like Vegas shows that came on there that that are just like, hey, it's me from from Vegas. Oh, true. Yeah. But I I do think, I mean, they wouldn't have like David Blaine on. They don't have like other TV magicians on. They have have, stage magicians come do their, but... Yeah, I highly recommend it because the premise of that show is do a trick that will fool uh, Penn and Teller so they won't spot it. So they've had some people do a trick that they execute perfectly that is like, you know, a card that like, you know, Penn picks appears inside a bottle that was in a locked box. Mm-hmm. And they're like, oh, do you know this book? Yeah, they're and, they're like, do you know this guy? Like, great. does this name does sound this familiar? Name familiar? And it's like, we looked it up and it was like, the guy that who invented trick is like yeah invented boxes with multiple compartments <laughs> or something like that. Um, it was how to get how to get something in a bottle by putting a slit inside of the bottle. I yeah, think was it or something like that? It was something. Yeah. It was something. The guy the guy didn't do his. And the guy was like, I don't know. yeah, I mean, he was like, good I just day, wanted, sir. I just wanted to be on your show. Thank you. <laughs> he was like, I love you. Goodbye. Um, yeah, we saw Matt Holt's claw on there. He was uh, the famous slipper room magician. Yeah. Uh, well, I mean, so was so was Dubin and Dubin was Al- on Fools. No, no. I mean, oh. he was also at the slipper room. Oh yes, I was just saying Matt Holt's claw was also on Fools. Yeah, so. I, I Matt Holt's claw actually, I, they're like one of the reasons why I perform at all the places that I do is because of Matt Holt's claw because a, a lot of it's really hard to like get booked and Matt Holt's claw was like come be on my show and then I was on his show. And it was like some owner's like birthday and they were at his show and then they saw me and it was great. Mm-hmm. So Matt holds cloth. You listen to this later. Thank you. Yeah. You're the best. But he did a, uh, 
he did a in like the Indian rope trick where you you keep breaking a string with your hands yeah. and then it's like back together again. And Penn and Teller were like, we know that trick. He also pulled some string out of his eye, which he was he then just pulled the string. Out was, of his eye. It was wild, but he he's really cool because he has like two totally different personas. So for the first like whole bunch of years that I knew him, I knew him as like Matt Holtzclaw, like professional like jacket magi- magician, and then. Um, he has this other character called Stash Novak, who's like Florida guy, and he kind of is acts baffled at his own magic. Um, you know, he's like, oh, like he does like the cigarette trick where the the cigarette never, um, he you know it never goes out. Basically, he keeps you saw you've seen him do that. I trick. know it's great. Yeah, um, and he's like he's like well you see if I put this part out then like. I'd have this part and it's it's kind of like uh he doesn't even know how he's doing it kind of thing which is it's cool. What's he have. doing? Yeah, he keeps trying to light a cigarette but keeps like turning it around and it's still facing the wrong way. Yeah, and it like keeps happening. And yeah. it's 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 like but he he's kind it's of great. just It's a great slate of him. In on it with you. But it's great cuz he has they're two totally different, you know, he's like very put together and then he's like Florida dude. Um, speaking of doppelgangers, there's a lot of cases of magician doppelgangers. Oh yeah, so we'll talk about we'll talk about magician doubles real quick. Yes, two so, of. And the we talked about it before a little, right? With like uh, various magicians, like in their assistants going and like taking their secrets and like going against them, and like there's a lot of drama in the world of magic. Yeah. Um, more so than you don't see this as much with. I feel in like there's lots of drama in the world of mu- lots of drama in the world of music, but I like mean, they didn't have musicians Twitter. will break off from groups or whatever else, I guess. But they didn't, they didn't have, have Twitter, Twitter back so they then. Had to, yeah, so they actually had to do it like I think so IRL. Much, there's so much secrets. Like you really are when someone joins your, you know, group Magic or becomes your mentee, like you're entrusting them with like your livelihood by telling them the secrets of the acts. So if they double cross you, it's serious. So. Yeah, famously in the Prestige, uh, the Christopher Nolan what was that two thousand eight, two thousand six, two thousand six movie yeah. about uh, two fictional uh, feuding magicians. Um, yeah, they they both have a teleporting uh, the teleported man trick, uh, and one of them just does it because he has a twin, so he has like the perfect double. He like walks into a closet and then walks out of a closet on the other side of the stage, um, and then. Uh, the rival magician uh, hires Nikola Tesla to build him a cloning machine and then clones himself every night to do the trick and then kills the clone instead of just reusing the clone. Yeah, every night he's killing clones. Hate that movie. Um, anyway, those are two fictional famous doubles. But there's there's the Great Lafayette. The Great Lafayette's a, a great I guess, one. I mean, it's a tragic story, but uh, a great example of a double. Right. Do you want to tell the tale? Um. I mean, he he died in. Well, wait. While while I while I tell the story, can you look up? Can you fact check the uh, the Asian magicians? I I don't want to mix up their names. That's what I'm yeah. like. Yeah. One one was like an L and one's an M. Yeah. Can you can you look that up? Like, tell the story of the sure, Great sure. Lafayette. Okay. Yeah. Thank you. So you don't get their. I don't want the mentalists to come after me. Didn't get their names wrong. Um. So. The Great Lafayette died in a Bollywood Ken's favorite Bollywood film. It was about a magician. Well, Bollywood Ken 
films about a musician. I wonder what it's called. The Great Bollywood King. Um, okay, so the Great Lafayette died in a fire in the Empire Theater in Edinburgh in 1911. His body was cremated. It's 1911, Golden Age of Magic here. Um, right. But then so. a second body was identified also as the Great Lafayette. Um, the first body had actually been a, a double of the original Lafayette, um, and no one knew that he had this double. So, until his death, mm -hmm. um, which is, yeah, a lot of, that shows you, like, how uh, how secret magicians are. A lot of their secrets aren't found out until their death, much like. Oh, much like uh, Chung Ling Su. So, this Chung Ling Su was born in uh, 1861, but really got popular, again, Golden Age of Magic, like late 1800s, yeah. early 1900s. But he was born as William Robinson. Yeah. This is a, it's a <laughs> this is another great story because he was motivated by spite for the most mm -hmm. part. Yeah, so William Robinson was like a yeah a, a magician and like could do a bunch of different kind of like I don't know appearance tricks, but basically like stage magic type stuff. Um, and there was a magician that he. I guess wanted to. Oh, there's this a magician was a who a prize. Yeah, this was a case of the a prize. one of those magician contests. Um, let me find it real quick. So, what was the other? Ch um, Ching Ling Fu. Yeah. So Chung Ling Fu <laughs> and Ching Ling Fu. Chung Ling Su and Ching Ling Fu. This yeah. is a great. Story. This is why I needed a fact checking. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Ching Ling Fu actually was a Chinese magician mm -hmm. uh, who like traveled and he uh, yeah he he had like uh, yeah issued a challenge that uh, and I guess it was a, a standard gimmick for magicians of the era so it was a prize of $1,000 which in today's dollars would be like $10 million or whatever uh, if you could successfully duplicate his illusions uh, and so William Robinson did uh, I, William Robinson had previously failed uh, and then he did it again he like wanted to do the challenge again and then he like succeeded uh, and then Ching Ling Fu was like uh, you already like tried and failed once so we, this doesn't count mm. so William Robinson was so mad because uh, he felt he had won the challenge he's like I'm gonna dress up like you that he stole his <laughs> his act as a Chinese magician <laughs> which today he would just be he would just be like, you know, uh the SJWs <laughs> would like just, just like go he after the, him. The Rachel Dolezal of uh, <laughs> yes. Chinese magicians. Um, so William Robinson <laughs> renamed himself as Chung Ling Su. He also had a wife who was she was also like originally white and uh She also did like an Orientalism thing. He paid her. He oh. she had like a living Her name was Bessie Smith. Originally, but then it was like some okay. Asian name that he gave her, and he paid her um, to be Chinese with him, and you so know carry this ruse along. He, and he invented a whole complex complex backstory whereby he had a Scottish mother and like a Chinese father, and his whole act was full of like very like intentionally like Chinese or Oriental like stuff and themes or whatever, and he had a famous bullet catch trick 
mm-hmm. called like the Boxer Execution, where two of the uh, Which two is- stagehands dressed as like Boxer Rebellion, like soldiers would come like fire guns at him, and I he mean- would like catch. You know, he would palm a bullet and the gun wouldn't actually fire, but he would, like, catch the bullet. Yeah. I was going to say that name, also capitalizing on the, like... Sung Ling Su. No, I mean, the boxer, the boxer, like, he was, like, death by, yeah, the boxer, like, execution. Oh, yeah, he would make, like, a, like, a, you know, a a vase, like, appear, for example, or, like, uh, yeah, make, like, a, make a, like, a goldfish appear in a bowl or something. Yeah. Um, But he kept up the persona anytime he was in public then for like the rest of his life. Yeah, he was a method actor Yeah, for life. He would only give interviews through an interpreter where I think he would just speak gibberish Chinese and the interpreter would just <laughs> give answers because he never learned Mandarin or anything. Yeah, he didn't have Duolingo. Come on now. <laughs> no, and he uh, he would not would not speak English on stage or anything except occasional like, you know, one or two words. Uh, and walked like an old man. Uh, and that was his thing. And Ching Ling Fu, the original, was obviously very pissed off about this. So Ching Ling Fu tried to expose him and like <laughs> set up a radio interview that he invited him to and was like, this this like asshole, I'm going to like show everyone. And nobody went to the press conference yeah. and did not care. Yeah, they were like, whatever, dude. We still like this other guy. He's cool. So it was really embarrassing for Ching Ling Fu. Uh, yeah. And if anything, it like hurt his stature because he was trying to expose another magician. Even Not though the other magician was clearly copying um, him. But yeah, so the bullet catch, I'm like, okay, if you're a magician doing a bullet catch, the uh, the the moral of the story is you have to clean your gun out clean like all gun. the time. Um, so the the bullet catch is you you load a gun, but you you shove like burlap into it so it doesn't there's actually multiple ways to do it yeah but the way that he was doing it and the prestige they have a a magnet that pulls the bullet back out of the chamber the ramrod itself removes the bullet yeah but he did it with he had a second barrel soldered onto the gun and so the bullet would actually go in the second barrel whereas the charge went in the first barrel but uh there was a lot of extra gun because you need like the gunpowder to make the exploding sound um, the residue of the gunpowder kept collecting in the bottom barrel. Yeah, it's got to clean that bottom barrel out, guys, because you know enough of it collected and it heated up the bullet. I guess in the chamber, yeah, right, just the chamber the, below it. The spark from the actual chamber caught the second chamber yep. on fire and, and fired it shot the him. And he spoke <laughs> his first up. words of English, which were, "No, no, something has gone terribly wrong." And people were yeah. like, "Oh, he finally learned English." Um, yeah, and he died. Uh, so, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that there's any morals. <laughs> like, Clean very, out your gun. It's very sad that he died. Well, it, you know, there is. You got to take care of your equipment. It's just like in aerial. You got to check your carabiner, check your swivel. Uh-huh. You know, you got to you gotta keep your equipment, like, I think fresh. The, more, the more telling moral that I thought was that no one cared. Like, people were like, of course he has a fake backstory. He's a magician. Like, we're not... Yeah, we're not yeah. going to see the truth. So, like, why are you trying to expose that he has a fake backstory? Of course, it, like, I, I'm sure his tricks aren't real. Like, you mean he's not actually, like, levitating? Like, yeah, so, like, I like the idea that people really, like, wanted to believe in the myth. And they, like, no one cared. They're like, you, you can't expose him. We don't, we don't want to hear yeah. the truth. Yeah, people, people like being fooled. And that's, um, 
they like being fooled in in safe parameters, I would say, which is why I think people like magic so much. Like magicians aren't they're not saying that they are actually like conjuring spirits or like, you know, like Dupin said, uh he's he's a, a performer who does magic. He's not a mm-hmm. magician. Um you know, but you know, people people like they like the the adrenaline and they like the uncertainty and the excitement and that's that's why they like magic. So all these like, you know, we we considered exposing a lot of like tricks or or, or saying how they work, but we we're not going to. We do didn't that. expose too many tonight, actually. Yeah. Plus, you guys can look them up. You can look them up. You know, we looked up a lot of how a lot of tricks are done, um, and I guess that's also the moral, like. They seem very simple and obvious. The real trick is how charismatic the performer is mm-hmm. that's executing the trick. Um, you know, how they, it's its really distracting you. And uh, that's the real, that's the real magic. Um, yeah. I do want to say that uh, we didn't get into mentalism at all. We're, since we're wrapping up the show, I guess, right? We've mostly talked about stage magic and, yeah. like, slate of hand because I personally really like that kind yeah. of magic. Uh, Ooh, what's your favorite, most. like, magic trick that you've seen? Ever? I yeah, know. I'm in person, not favorite magic act. I mean, because you would come to the slipper room with me all the time. You've seen a lot of those acts. Um, and then we watched a lot of magic videos. I do love, the, I mean, the magician who has all the doves. Uh, Alexander Boyce. Alexander Boyce is great. He's I do great. Love the, uh, the control of the doves. The doves are very cute. He's, yeah. He keeps, they keep appearing. I'm like, how many pockets yeah. are in that suit that he keeps pulling doves out? And he doesn't, he doesn't talk. I, I don't think he does. No. No, which I, I kind of... Okay, all the magicians out there, this is not throwing shade you, you on you. Magicians don't. I talk. like I like that. Be, I think because I relate to it. Because as an aerialist, I don't talk during my acts, you know, um, and I feel like that when you don't talk, you have to you have to really perfect your body language, and it's kind of more mysterious and like and like. Um, you it makes people focus a, a lot especially if they're super the audience members are like drunk you know and it, and you're inviting people to talk you got more invitation for like hecklers so you have to really be on top of your game there we didn't, um yeah we didn't talk about pen and teller much but actually uh right the reason teller is silent is it was a shtick that he developed before he met up with pen actually he used to like when he first started as a young magician would do the stage pattern and everything else and then yeah. he did a lot of college frat parties when he was like a teenager. I guess this was in like the 60s or 70s. Uh, and I guess that's a tough crowd. Um, and they, he found that if he was just, instead of trying to do a pattern, if he just was silent and very serious while like performing the act, people were way more likely to pay attention and not throw yeah. beer at him and yell at him during the act. So uh, that became his shtick. And then, you know, 50 years later, it's still his thing. Yeah. And I, yeah, Alexander Boyce, he does like a, his style is kind of like more, it's like, it has this old, olden timey, like golden age of magic 
vibe. Like it, it comes across very he, strong. He does. He has he has a very Victorian sort of style. Like, yeah, very serious gentleman pulling doves out of but like, like delicate handkerchiefs into yeah. doves and then placing them in his cage. Yeah, and uh, he also does this. I guess like a napkin levitation, like a cloth napkin. He makes it, or no, it's an airplane. He gets a he gets an airplane, um, like a paper airplane, and he makes it mm-hmm. levitate. And then, yeah, he puts it under like a sheet, and it's like keeping the sheet afloat, which is really cool. And I've done the curtain, like at the slipper room, you have to like pull each other's curtain, and I've like been behind the curtain like very close to him while he was doing his act and I was like okay I'm gonna like figure out where these dubs are going where they're coming from what's going on and I like could not figure it I was like okay I am gooped and gagged like I can't figure it out so yeah um and even if I had figured it out it would have still looked really cool I just was like I want to see um yeah yeah I forget, there's a, yeah, there's one more mentalist we forgot to mention on the list. I wasn't going to go super, Dubin mentioned it too. Mentalists really like to, right? Magicians are very much like, none of them are like, oh, I have magic powers. They're all just like, you know, if you press them, they'll acknowledge, well, it's slate of hand, I move the cards around, whatever. But like, that's kind of the art of it. But mentalists do like to keep it ambiguous. Some mentalists are like, they won't acknowledge like, Oh yeah, I had you write on carbon paper when you like made the note, or like like that they're that they're cheating, or they won't acknowledge even like oh there's like a lot of psychology with you can get people to like think of a certain word with certain tr- other triggers, for example, um, they'll be like it it really is magic. Uh, so there there are books on mentalism because there are mentalists who are opposed to that take on it, and so they will argue the other way uh, and try to reveal the secrets of mentalism. But there is a very famous mentalist, Miss Cleo. Not her. Uh, he had a gimmick. I forget his name because there's there's a movie about him that John Malkovich is in because his career like tapered off and then he had a big comeback. Um, so I've, we will have to look it up. Uh, but he had a, a gimmick that I where he would he would come out and he'd be like, "It's this is this is my paycheck for tonight." If like in this envelope, and if I can't find this envelope, I don't get paid tonight. And then he would have an audience member hide it. And then, like, anywhere in the theater, (gasps) and the other audience, he'd be like, you know, these 10 audience members will, like, take me backstage and make sure I don't peek or anything. It's like the finding of, like, the matzah on a... (laughs) Yeah. So he would basically just through, I think he had just kind of tuned himself to listen for cues as people respond in the audiences, because everyone in the crowd knew where it was hidden, right? Yeah. So if, you know, a thousand people are in on a secret, you probably can guess the secret. Yeah. So he would start walking around the theater and based on like how people responded, he found it, it was like 99.9% of the time. In his uh. career, he didn't <laughs> find it. He said there were there were 12 times he didn't oh, find man. it. Oh man, I I really want to know where, where the people hit it for those times. So I, I read one write-up. Of one of them, they had hidden it like mm. in back of the stage, like in some weird little corner. And he actually got really close to it and just couldn't, I don't know if they put it under something heavy or what, but like he just couldn't find it. But he was like, I know it's. He got tired. He was like, yo, it's been a long day. But but for the most part, yeah, it was great. There's a, not a magician. Richard Feynman would do this with, uh, with books. He would, he, this is a fun trick that anyone can do. If you have a bookshelf in your home, 
is uh, leave the room, have one of your guests open a book oh, and rifle through it and put it back. That's creepy, though. Yeah, because he would smell, he would like, go <laughs> through and be like, I'll smell them on my books. That's like creepy AF. <laughs> Maybe that's what this mentalist was doing. Yeah. Yep. A smentalist. Yeah, a smentalist. <laughs> An olfactorist. All right. <laughs> That's the best joke we've had tonight. Yeah. Well, I think we'll leave it there unless we have any other guests. Anybody else wants to talk about magic? About magic. We got a whole um, show? We have a whole show. We uh-huh. On Saturday, um, it is going to be a magic, magical rave. A magic rave. Um, Dr. Wires. He's going to be performing acts of DJing and decapitation. Maybe his head will come and DJ for you, and maybe his hands will. Maybe. I said maybe. Maybe. Maybe not. Maybe it'll be his legs. But it's great. We've got a bunch of... uh tracks we're already we're already rounding up that are yeah. that are about the theme of magic if you and belief in illusion if any of you uh have suggestions on this and you get to us before february 6th <laughs> message mail, us. mail them in now yeah mail them in uh, um and uh i'm gonna be doing ariel for you and uh i have chains we're gonna be i'm gonna make my lyra look like a like a top hat Really? I mean, oh, I didn't kind know of. That. I didn't know. I I, f- I figure when it when it turns on its oh. side, it's like a top hat, okay. and I can like come out of it. The, the metal rings. I think they're called Chinese rings. It's like a standard. You put the rings through each other, or whatever. Yeah, we can call that. We can say that that's what I'm performing on actually, as well. It actually has a little. Slip. You can you can use your imagination. Yeah. <laughs> um, also, we'll we will be paying homage to like the spiritualist. Anyone who's feeling a bit spiritual. Um, yeah, a little bit in the beginning, in the beginning, we're going to, you know, we're going to, we're going to get a little ghosty with you. Maybe it's for the mentalists or the levitate, you know, the levitation, the little spooky stuff. Um, yeah. And we have Albert Cadabra is going to be doing some some straight jacket escaping or not. Maybe he won't be able to escape. You'll have to tune in. That'll be so cool if he can. (laughs) Either way, it's going to be really it's gonna cool. It's going to be great. Just having gonna a person bring... try to escape from a straight chat. In our, in our space. Because, yeah, I suppose that's true of all the people who went to see Houdini. It's like, well, he's either going to escape, which or is going to be really cool. Which is also going to be cool. Or he escape, which is also going to be really entertaining. So. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and and maybe maybe we can get Dubin as well. Maybe. Maybe. Maybe we'll have, we'll have two magicians and two... But even if we can't, I do look forward to seeing Dubin as soon as he's back on stage. Yes. Yeah. So thanks everybody so, for, yeah. for listening. Thank you. We, Thank you so we much. Plug the rave. It's Saturday. If you want to see it live, 9 p.m. to 11. To 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. At twitch.tv slash secret loft. Exactly. You can watch small por- my portions of it also on Instagram, but you really shouldn't. You should see it on yeah. Twitch because it's way better. We got a whole a whole chat community going on there. Yeah. Uh, shout out once again on Twitch. Thanks for everybody who watched there and Young Chi Chi who who gave us a nice tip tonight. So yeah, thank sweet. you so much. We just we do the show, like we said, to make ourselves smile and to make you smile, um, and for fun. So thank you so much. And to it, learn the secrets of magic. Yeah, to learn all the secrets. If you have, we have a bunch of themes lined up, um, but if you have anything that you want to see covered. Just holler at us. We are very um, open to suggestion. <laughs> we'll see about it.
to good suggestions. To good suggestions. All right. I'm gonna play All right. Let's out. play us out. You have I, I won't do the cards again. You have to bring it back. It's the third part. That's why every magic trick has <gasps> a third act. We should pose, though. The hardest part. The part we call this top hat never really Here, get in get in the Instagram. Get in here a little bit. Yeah, we saw magic tonight. True! I'm a believer. <laughs>